Welcome to episode three of No Ceilings with Coach Yo podcast. Today is a special day because not only because it's Monday, Mondays are my favorite day of the week, bar none, because I just feel like I get a new lease on my week. Um, and so I have, I'm excited about that. I'm excited being back in Oxford. I have a special guest to my left, your right, for my YouTube uh, partners. And um, before we, I introduce her and talk about what our topic would be about today, I just wanted to touch on a few housekeeping uh, things. Obviously, I have my producer, Graham Doty, in the back, and Ed Mahan, my video coordinator, that make the seasons bright. For all of us. <laughs> As you can hear in my voice, I'm a little sick. The weather has been changing. We've been in Florida <coughs> and then back and then Dr. Josie's voice, uh, she gave me this sickness. No, no, no. <laughs> she had it too. And so just bear with us with our little rasp. But we've decided that <clears throat> that has given us like a different sound, you know, like a winter sound yeah. we'll go with that like you never know what you're gonna get with Coach that's Joe. what i'm saying uh but i've been fighting it and i i don't have a voice because i've been shouting all weekend with two games back to back uh make sure you subscribe rate and review on any and all major listening streams podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast uh hop on whether it's uh apple or the other uh devices go ahead and subscribe rate and review i'm also on youtube it's no ceilings with coach yo you just type it in and uh, you can find the live sessions here uh, for us a uh, quick recap last time i talked it was veterans uh, day that's when we recorded uh, today is live in-house and since then uh, we have signed a a pretty good recruiting class um, to people in the country. It's ranked 13th. To me, it's number one because it's players that we needed. We were able to sign four young ladies, Madison Scott from Maryland. Uh, we got Caitlin McGee from Jacksonville, Florida. We have Salentiana, but we call her Snuda Collins from Brookhaven, Mississippi. And then we have Jacoria Bracey uh, from Mississippi as well. And that rounds off our, our recruiting class thus far. And we're excited about them. You know, uh, it's a step headed in the right direction with my young program. Um, that will be my first class, our first class that we've been able to really spend a year and recruit. Uh, so we know where we're getting with them, and uh, it's just moving us a step further where we're trying to go. Uh, so far, the season has had its ups and downs, which is to be expected with my young group. Uh, we are 5-3. and three. We split in Daytona uh, versus Alcorn State, and then uh, uh, we a win there, and then we lost to Pitt in a close one down in Daytona. A lot of learning uh, lessons for not only my players, but myself and my staff. And uh, we're just finding ways to get better and grow every time we step out on the floor. Usually when you have a young team, that is essentially what it is. You gotta, you gotta stay with it. You can't assume that they know. You have to teach. You know, I say, I got this from Frank Martin. It says, when, instead of being angry, teach. You know, uh, because the thing about <laughs> experience is they don't know what they don't know. So my players are at that spot, but I enjoy my group. Um, at some adversity came our way. Sarah uh, tore ACL, and she's out from the season. <clears throat> These are things that teams have to go through during the course of seasons and then Unfortunately, we got bit with that injury, and so we're wishing her the best, but um, 
you know, like I tell my players all the time, one thing that is undefeated is time. Time waits for no one. And so uh, we have our SEC Big 12 Challenge on December 4th. We play Texas Tech at Texas Tech. High-powered offensive group. Uh, reminds me a lot of, of Arkansas. So this will be a great opportunity for us to come out and strategize and game plan for a team that uh, loves to, to fill it up on the offensive end. And so I think that's it. I think that's my recap. <clears throat> Life's good. Uh, my parents are back in the Bahamas. Uh, there have been upsets all over the country, but uh, that's what basketball is about. And so we have been a part of the upsets that I'm not so, I'm actually still sick about. But, um, you know, as a coach, we ask our players to move on. And, and um, you know, as a coach, we have to do the same. So in-house today, we have our special guest, Dr. Josie Nicholson, licensed sports psychologist, certified mental performance consultant. Woo! I had to, that, that took a lot out of me. Let's, Josie, we're excited to have you here. Excited Josie, to be here. we need to get one of those clapping things. Uh, yeah, round of applause for, jo <laughs> for Josie. Josie works with, uh, really closely with my program, but many on campus. And uh, Josie, welcome to the No Ceilings with Coach Yo podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, In my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was a highly requested topic. Okay. You know, um, when I ask people for feedback on what to talk about for this season, they said mental health, mental performance. Um, there are many <coughs> college coaches that don't understand, don't know, want to understand, uh, want to get ahead of this. Uh, because if not, then you're going to get left behind. For sure. Uh, so, first of all, when, when I talk about your title, licensed sports psychologist, certified mental performance coach, can you tell the listeners and the viewers what that is? Absolutely. So, um, I'm a licensed psychologist, which means I have a doctorate in um, counseling psychology, Went to school for a very long time, mm. trying to pay off those loans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I am licensed as a psychologist to deal with mental health issues. Mm. So anything from depression, anxiety, homesickness, roommate issues, um, disordered eating, mm. uh, bipolar, anything mental health related. Mm. Uh, but then I also am specially trained in performance enhancement. That's the sports psychology right. side of it. And um, being able to handle anything that has to do with the mental side of the game, whether it's concentration, focus, confidence, um, you know, communication, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. There's an organization that offers a certification as a mental performance consultant, mm. and that's the Association for Applied Sports Psychology. So I have that um, that uh, certification mm. on top of my licensure. Well, you've helped us a lot with it. Doc, Dr. I call her Josie, guys. Josie Dr. Uh, <laughs> meets with our team before every game, home game, and uh, for 10 minutes and uh, does practices with uh, mental performance. And just I think it's really helped our players. They've talked about how much they have uh, enjoyed it. So I know that that, that means – a lot to our group, and we're we're thankful for you. Now, this whole mental health phenomenon, or I, I don't know what to call it, other than that, uh, it, it it has taken off. You for know, sure. you have professional players talking about it. You have um, uh, just right. I mean, it's been around forever, but right. now that professional and collegiate athletes have been speaking on it it has gotten the attention of a lot of people and so how did we get to this point of needing a mental health performance coach or consultant in athletics well I think that it's really just 
as a society, as a culture in general, like we've gotten, if you look at college counseling centers, um, mental health clinics, they're mm-hmm. all, the demand is so high. And I, I think, you know, student athletes in particular and athletes face a, a pressure that's very unlike when I was an athlete. Like mm. Um, I mean, I'm still just five years ago, just five years ago. (laughs) uh, That was that quick. Um, Yeah. I mean, social media has really brought with it really great things. I mean, this is one, right? Mm -hmm. But, but the constant connection, the constant pressure, the constant impression management. I mean, I, I often talk about when I, thank goodness, there's no digital record of when I was in college, <laughs> I right? I um, and the mistakes that I made. Mm-hmm. And, um, because that, you're supposed to be making these mistakes, and yet they're very permanent and they're very public now in a right. way that we have, have not had before. Mm-hmm. So the, the generation now has grown up with that and has grown up with the, the also the comparison piece. Like mm. everything that I put out there, on Instagram, I'm looking to see how many likes it has, how, yeah. you know, who comments on it and how it measures up to other people posting similar yeah. things. And, and, um, you know, somebody always looks better, right? Right. Than, right, than right. what I see myself as. So, so I think that all of that, plus the microcosm of athletics has created this pressure mm. also. I mean, mm. our middle school, and and high, young young high schoolers mm. are saying, okay, everything I do has to measure up to get me to the college level. Wow, and that is a lot of pressure for mm-hmm. thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old to say, okay, if I don't play well, that could affect my chances, or this coach is going to be here, or I need th- this coach to see this, or I have to create a highlight reel all the time. Wow, so you know the that pressure. Because, again, it's just so different than it was mm. 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what? That is true. Like, when I think about just me coming up, you know, uh, they we had, I think we had MySpace at the time. but <laughs> yeah. And I think Facebook was alive and, well, maybe. I don't remember. But I just don't. I know I didn't have a highlight tape. <laughs> I know that I never cared about what anybody else was doing. The only time that I was exposed to that was when I would travel, you know, just being born and raised in the Bahamas. So when I would travel and come to the United States, I was exposed to um, certain things like, oh, wow, this is another level of talent. This kid, mm-hmm. I never knew about him. Uh, but as the world grows it it evolves and uh pretty much this is the new norm now yes you know my two-year-old knows how to play games on her tablet you know (laughs) and so going to my three-year-old for tech support right and so (laughs) i mean my question my first question is like with this social media since i was going to talk about it a little bit later but since we're on that topic right now you know what do we say do we take social media away from people like that's kind of unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So how how do how does a student athlete cope in the world of social media? Well, I think um, education is really important. Mm. Anything that is, you know, really really great can also. I mean, it all has its downsides yeah. too, right? So I think that's where we come in trying to temper some of that. And it's not about taking away social media. It's about adding opportunity for actual connection right you know because it you know when you grow up with that I, I think that it creates this perception that oh I'm super connected to my friends I'm always talking but you're missing so much of the nuances there's actually mm. studies that show that you know texting with somebody does not create the same neural connectivity <laughs> so you know true. as sitting face right. to face and connecting in a real way with somebody but um, how do you convince the adolescent that that's the case. I mean, nowadays you have recruits that that's the only way they mm-hmm. want to communicate is through text. Well, and, and think about that. That makes total sense because they're growing up in a world where your image has to be controlled at all times. You're going to, you're going to, how many, wow. how many selfies do they take before yeah. they pick one to post? Right. So how many times can they reconstruct that text before they hit send? Mm. Um I always hit send too early. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I think that um, 
just offering the opportunity. We, you can't convince, you know, yeah, teenager, you can't absolutely. convince young kids of anything, really. Um, the other thing is that though that instant gratification, the, um, and we're going to talk about this a little later, yeah. I think, but like the, the, um, constant connectivity and the likes and the feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so teenagers, the brain is set up so that, um, the nucleus accumbens, mm. the dopamine receptors are on high, um, yield. So the, that reward center is the largest it will ever be. So it's true and, that, and I know that's real. Yeah. Uh, doc, cause sometimes because I'm on social media a lot, mm-hmm. I'll have to say, you know what? I'm going to take a break yeah. and it may be, you know, just a couple hours. It may be for the rest of the evening, mm-hmm. but, um, sometimes I just need to shut down for sure. But I have self-control. I'm right. older. I have perspective. Mm-hmm. Here we are dealing with teenagers. When I was right. a teen, I didn't have perspective, you know, so right. Could I? The I'm just listening to you, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is real. This is real pressure that has been created because of a tool like the internet, right? For sure. And you look at so in the teenage brain, the uh, reward center is as rewarding as it ever. You know, the yeah. ice cream will never taste as good right. as it did when you were a teenager, yeah. because those dopamine receptors are just on high alert. And that reward feels so good, but then it's coupled with a prefrontal cortex and frontal cortex that's not fully developed. And that's the area that provides self-awareness and planning and judgment. So you've got high reward, low judgment, Mm. connecting, and that doesn't get fully formed till mid-20s, you know. And and the other thing I I think that's happening in some areas, not with every kid, but we are more and more, especially with elite athletes Mm -hmm. protecting them from natural consequences so that learning doesn't take place okay so talk about that a little bit okay so that's deep (laughs) are you saying we're are you is that the smart way of saying we're we're coddling them (laughs) maybe (laughs) Uh, i mean i I think that every every parent wants to shield their child from from and the the consequences now can be so high stakes right so like you know, someone's you, recording it. Yes. Somebody's <laughs> recording this. So when you so when you have the the stakes are really high, gosh, if, if this if Coach Yo finds out about this and, and I'm a junior in high school, she could pull my scholarship and decide she doesn't want me. Yeah. Right? Um, so the parents often and also schools, they have their top performing athlete and they don't want them to fail a class or they don't want them. Uh, in a small town to go to jail or, mm. you know, whatever it is. So they're protected, but they never experience those really negative consequences mm. that can snap them back into saying, okay, I need to think about that again right. before I do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, before we get into, like, coaches and stuff like that, since we're on the topic, because the first people that have these elite athletes, and now it seems like even the non-elite kids – uh, go through because of social media like mm. who decides who's elite anymore right because now i can make a video and i can look like i'm lebron james or you know candace parker or whomever so armenti price armenti, armenti <laughs> price shout out to coach armenti uh but as the, the people who have them first are the parents right the parents the, the grassroots, high school, middle school, high yep. school, AU coaches. So what advice do, do you have for them to help these kids? And even for me, I have a two-year-old, like and a seven-year-old, when they're coming up, can you give us some advice that can maybe help these kids? So, gosh, parenting advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where it starts. Yeah, of, of course it does. And I mean, it's so hard. I have two little ones and, mm. and I want to shield them from everything. Yeah. And, um, and just from a mental health space. Right? But I, I think listening and truly hearing and understanding that they are in a very different place. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I sometimes wonder what the things that I say to my child is going to sound like in 18 years to a therapist. <laughs> right. Um, but things like, you know, 
what were you doing? You you don't see that? And like, no, they don't because they have 10 years of experience to your 40. Right. You know, and, and so it's a little bit of an unfair question. But then also um, allowing them to experience some natural consequences and, and using those teachable moments to sit down and have some conversation, yeah. provide opportunity to truly connect. You mm. know, say, hey, you can have your friend over. But you're going to put your cell phones over here. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you guys are actually, you yeah. know, because I had a friend that was talking about her teenagers when they have people come over. They're both just sitting there on their phone. Yeah. It's and they're like, like, oh, we had a great time. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, and I, I think also uh, this is the hard piece. Mm. My kids are so special. Yeah. To me. Yes. You know. Yes. But helping them understand that everyone is special and they don't have to stand out or they don't have to be more than yeah. what they are yeah but really you know watching also what you praise you know mm-hmm. um we have a rule in wow. my house we have a rule in, in my house we don't say you know you're a, a good boy or you know be good or be, you are good yeah do good things make yeah. good choices i so, like that i like that yeah wow being careful about what you praise like um you know oh you're so smart well, how about, oh, you must worked really hard to do that, creating that growth mindset, you know, mm. so hard. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's who I think needs to be coached. It's the adults, because most times it's the adults that are causing the pressure. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, because we I, want our kids to be so successful. Oh, uh, Doc, I remember we were on like a two game losing streak and uh, we, uh, we, we lost to New Orleans and then. We were getting ready to play Southern Miss. And I had to tell the players, forget everything I said. There's no pressure. Just let's follow the game plan. I don't know if we're going to win or lose. Just follow the game plan. And if we continue to get better, positive things will happen eventually. Sure. Yeah. And it, I felt like there was a point where I was putting pressure on them. And I had to, like, take a step back and not do it. And so from a parenting or AU coach standpoint, I think that that is important to teach them that failure is real. Yeah. But everything is so dependent on outcome. You know, things aren't good unless you won or unless you scored. And and there's very little emphasis on Man, you were really busting your butt out there in that game. I'm super proud of yeah. you. you know? Yeah. And, but, like, are we trying to do something? Are we asking parents to do something that, with the way society is, are we asking them to do something that is just sheer unrealistic now? Or can there still be that balance? I think there absolutely yeah. can be. The other thing is, is um, the balance comes from checking my priorities. You know, like, um, yes, you know, am I, am I more invested in my kid being great at sports than they are? Right. You know, or would they be happier if they were, you know, a great friend or a great flautist <laughs> or great student, or, great student or whatever? Yeah. Or like, you know, if they were just a really hard worker. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's important. Wow. That's powerful because I think, <clears throat> A lot of times, even myself, that's why I constantly self-check myself when I'm coaching. What, why am I coaching? You know, why am I upset? Am I upset because I'm embarrassed? Or am I upset because these kids are not following the game plan, so they're showing that they can't follow instruction when in life that will hurt them later on? Right. It depends on the perspective. Yeah. Because if I'm just upset... Because I'm embarrassed that they didn't follow it. And because of that, we lost. Then I've totally lost my ministry and why I'm doing this. And that's easy to do. You know, like any coach that's out there saying that sometimes they don't lose their why or their perspective is lying. Mm -hmm. But the ones that are really, really good and the ones that have players come back to see them and the ones that are connected and they're invited to weddings, and they're usually successful because of it. 
are the ones that keep their perspective intact more times than less. Right. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so now it's that relationship <clears throat> piece. Yeah. So important. And you still have to, you know, I, I that that's real. Um, I can talk about that uh, because I have my own philosophy on it. And that's why I say like coaching is my ministry because I just think it's important to understand why I'm doing this. And since I have a couple degrees and since I've been blessed to be educated, I cannot coach from a place of desperation because the pressure that I put on players, I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't help. Um, Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, hearing coaches yell, you know, we need a win or we need these points. It's like, Need is a strong right. word. That's you a know. very strong word. So imagine <laughs> you a need, parent. Right. You, you need, need to do this. You need no. to score. You need to. You need to eat. You need yeah. shelter. You need love and belonging. You need these things. Right. Like, what do we really need? Right? We need oxygen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And <laughs> We and, need to exercise. <laughs> and you also need the the love and acceptance that you're not getting in that moment yeah. where your outcome is being judged so harshly as if, you know, you saying, let's say you did, which I know mm-hmm. you don't, said, we need this win. Okay, well, what are you telling them? Uh, either they're not doing their best or they need better than their best. Right. That's, you wow. Know? Man, Josie, I knew you were going <laughs> to. Hey, man, just, I knew this podcast, this was the one I was waiting on because we need to talk about this. Yeah. Now, many coaches use the word, and I hear it, and I've said it. I'm going to be transparent. For sure. All of a sudden, these kids come to college and they have all these issues. Where were these issues in high school? Why didn't anybody tell us about this? Can you talk about the, the stage that we get, the, the, the adolescent and their brain and where they're at? Um, because I was For educated sure. on this, and it floored me the other day. Yeah. So how come when they come to college, all of a sudden they need all this help? So, well, okay, so... Uh, a lot of different reasons. So it does go back to what I'm, what I was saying earlier about the, the frontal cortex and mm. all that, um, and prefrontal cortex that is involved in planning and self-awareness and judgment and and making good decisions, not being fully formed, and that right. that continues through adolescence, which is getting later and later. But you know, mid twenties and stuff, and so you're still figuring out who you are. But look at, okay, think about this: when you first moved to Oxford. Mm-hmm took you a while to learn to get around yes <laughs> and you made some wrong turns mm-hmm. right and you had to learn it all and it felt really unnatural when you mm. think about um any let's say there are issues uh and a lot of times the age around 18 to 24 yeah. you know around in there is where mental health issues start to emerge so how they come weren't, why is it's that? just part of the part of the brain the way the brain is and you know, that's just kind of when they start to emerge. But a lot of it has to do with stress. Mm. Transitions, you know, you look at the uh, the top things that are stressful. They are getting married, getting divorced, buying a house, losing a house, moving, starting college, ending college. Wow. Transitions are just so stressful, even if they're good. So, you know, when you came to Oxford, it took you a while to get your bearings, mm-hmm. to get your footing, to figure out that, you know, Kroger has this and Walmart yeah. doesn't, yeah. And, you know, where yeah. do you want to um, go and, and figure out all that. So when you were in your routine mm. back, uh, you know, where'd you move from? Uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. When you were in, in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. you had ways that you were able to compensate for any sort of deficits for sure and you had it built into your routine absolutely well coming here you had to figure all that over again so there also there's a safety net for um college kids or their or uh, high school kids or their parents they have teachers they have their go-tos they have their friends they have their routines and so all of a sudden wow the other thing is everything that they've done assuming that they're in college as an athlete has been geared towards getting them here. And so they have spent their adolescence building this image of what they're going to be like in college. Mm. They get to a point as a senior that they are top dog. So now not only are they having to navigate a brand new world, Mm. but they have new demands. They don't have their safety net. They don't have people that are going to, um, look out for them or save them from this consequence mm-hmm. or let them slide on this homework right. assignment, that sort of thing. And also, they're not top dog. Right. Everybody else, is, you know, is just as good as they yeah. are. And there's a whole senior class that's looking at them going, you know, move my yeah. bags, Freshie. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen here. That would be <laughs> hazing. But No um, hazing. No hazing. 
<laughs> but you know what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah, of course. And then the other thing is that the stress is like, okay, well, here I am. I'm not, I'm not the best anymore. And the demand is higher. And I don't have somebody cooking, doing my laundry, or right. you know. And a lot of our student athletes didn't before, right. but they had their routine figured out. Yeah, and they got to keep their grades up too, and they've got to figure out what they want to be when they grow up. Mm. And there's all this pressure. Wow. Everybody wants a piece of them too. Now let's talk about the student athlete. Um, let's let's. <clears throat> I don't know the numbers on this, but I do know that many student athletes do not come from environments. Uh, I don't know the percentage, but they come from environments where they've been, their normal is what to society really isn't normal. Right. So yeah. they, In what ways? like, as far as like some of them are coming up and they didn't have any parents. Yep. They were raised by their grandparents. Some of them had traumatic experiences. Very, very. That happened at yep. a young age, you know, kids. Athletes are talking about it, where sure. child molestation, especially with girls, you know, mm -hmm. um, different traumatic things that have happened. Uh, yeah. Some, I've had players, um, not here, but I've been coaching 16 years, that have been homeless. Mm -hmm. uh, <coughs> all of these things that they've been carrying, mm -hmm. and almost, is it that, when they were in those stages, it was almost like a survival. Yes, absolutely. So the and then when they come to college, for sure, they realize that, oh my God, that wasn't normal. Right. So we know trauma changes the brain, mm. and um, experiences are processed in a very different way. Yeah. And the the emotional brain kind of takes over, and you just, you know, going and yeah. getting there however you can day by day. Yeah, just survival. Then, you come to college, you've got all these resources. Right. And, by the way, you can go talk to this person about it, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, you know, that opens up a whole new world, and it's great, but it's going to take some adjustment because, A, you're looking around. I know, I mean, I've heard so many kids go, you know, it's really hard to see my teammates' parents at the game. Oh, yeah. Because I've never had that, and I'm not going to have that. And the other thing is, They've grown up with it. They think it's normal. They get here and they're like, wow, yeah, that's not the way I knew it could be. Right. And a, a sense of um, wistfulness, mourning, you know, mm. kind of sets in. And, and that could be really hard. And, and so it's like they're giving me free clothes and I have a place to sleep. And I have, uh, you know. And I'm they not, don't know how to take that sometimes. No. No, you it's know, really like, hard. What do, if you give me this, this sweatsuit, what do you want in return? Yep. And then. Uh, yeah. Some coaches don't do a good job at it because they throw it in their face. Mm -hmm. I gave you this sweatsuit and, yeah. <laughs> right. and you gave me two points and no rebounds. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it's like you don't. we don't know the trauma yeah. that they've experienced. No. And there's a sense, wow. too, like you're earning all this. Yeah. So you got to keep it up. Yeah. You know? and, and Which is fact. It is but fact. Yes. It caused, this is why there are yeah. mental health issues. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and so it's just, you know, it's kind of a perfect storm. Mm. You know, it's like all paths lead to this moment right. when there, it's, it's a bomb going off yeah. of like new experiences, new everything, mm. and a new way to process this world. And there's also like all these authority figures that you have to learn how to trust. Yeah. And some of them. Yeah. Not so trustworthy, right. you know. Right. I'm not saying here, right? But but that's just fact. Yeah, yeah. This is we're gonna we're gonna be real here, Doc, on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, but who's gonna see me? Who's gonna know me? Who's gonna who's gonna hear me when I say this is hard? Yeah. I almost know? feel like if I had known I was going into coaching, I would have been a psychology major. I, I go back. I still think I'm a psychology <laughs> major. I I think I've gotten a lot of real uh, hours. I think most coaches <laughs> do. <laughs> uh, figuring out how to keep our players afloat. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you have for coaches when dealing with these athletes? Because let's face it, we get four years out of their yeah. lives, but the four years we get is when the brain is maturing. <laughs> And the brain realizes that my life is maybe was not normal. Right. 
even if they grew up spoiled and they yeah. realize that now they got to work for stuff yeah. like that's hard too. people think mental health is you came from a poor situation mm-hmm. no you may have come from a privileged situation and now you got to earn something or it's just biological there's nothing it could be biological. nothing happened environmentally right. it just is the brain right. you could have been yeah. in a family of six and now you're here by yourself yeah and you don't know how to share because you've been fending for yourself because you got five brothers that eat the food and now you're it's yeah. it's the society and it's all this so give give me and my colleagues some advice oh gosh <laughs> no pressure here uh well i think the first is to take everything that you just said mm-hmm. and realize that realize yeah. your role realize the importance of your role in these young people's lives at this very crucial time and care yeah. that's the number one thing that i would say is just care wow. not about the wins and losses like you your mantra yeah. we, wins and losses will what come and go can't define me no Mm-mm. and but you you've got to teach them and it doesn't define them yeah. and what are wins and losses a, a win is you know ace in a test you didn't yeah. you know think you yeah you could be successful with or whatever but you know care care about who they are and where they are and where they've been and where they're going that's 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 i i think uh Josie, i think that is the number one that is powerful it seems simple it seems simplistic but it is powerful because if yeah. we can care about them then you can help them navigate through here's what makes it complicated you got to care about them and keep your job there right? you go. So, I, you know I was getting ready to talk about that. Next. Yeah, but that's hard, yeah. right? Like when when your job depends on those wins and losses. I mean, there are other things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but but at some point, the outcome has to be one that that feeds your family. And I think you know? that's why recruiting is important. Yeah, because you have to recruit kids that have a balance, so to speak. Right. You know, but. And in in that perspective, and it's, it's not only talent anymore. Um, it's everything else because they're exposed to everything else. And I, I know that for me, my job has been more difficult as far as evaluating, not recruiting. Right, right, right. But evaluating my program, its state, what I can handle, mm-hmm. what type of individual I can handle and uh well and also who's gonna um who can be there who's to gonna assist have them. endurance yes you know right yeah. especially in a program like this if we were already built and blah, 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 that's a different type of stress yeah. but right now we're on the building stage so it, it needs something totally different sure. and I just think I think that that's important <clears throat> we have to care but then we have to keep our job I know that there's been frustrations with your department and coaches and uh just because of the confidentiality and all of that can you educate us the the viewers and the listeners on that because i i've gotten upset sometimes until i've been educated and i think that knowledge is power so please educate us on that you can still be upset yeah you know i mean i'm upset but i know intimately so so a licensed psychologist has a a mandate an imperative um, that is tied into my license, actually, mm-hmm. but also tied into just the backbone of my profession of confidentiality. And it goes way beyond what would be for medical medical health. So mm. if you go to a doctor and um, the doctor says, oh, you, you're, you have this or that, you don't want that doctor at a party later talking to your boss and sharing your medical information. Right. Well, think about it with mental health because the stigma is so strong, right? Mm. That means that the information being shared with me does not belong with me, right. belong to me. It belongs to the person that shared it. So it has to be up to them what they share, when and how, um, because they have the relationship with you. I have a different relationship mm-hmm. with you. So um, their relation, they they need to have be empowered to be able to to share. You know, just like you would share with me mm-hmm. what you want to about yourself, right. and um, and and so that uh, that is kind of the idea is that it's there. But I think that's what makes issue. it difficult because here, uh, okay, I have a student athlete; they have an issue. Mm-hmm. I say, hey, you need to go to Doctor Nicholson. Once they go to Doctor Nicholson, Doctor Nicholson can't tell me right 
you know, about the issue and right. help me to navigate. And that's what I hope that as the this grows, that there can be more flexibility. Right. So, so there is. It's, it's new, right? It's new right now, like, as um, far as athletics. As and, far as coaches having yeah. access to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I think um, the – I see what you're saying. So, yes – any athlete can choose to sign a release of information that allows me to talk to you mm-hmm. about, and they limit it. So they choose what I can talk right. about and what I, you know, and some of them you can only say that, you know, they're coming. And some of right. them like, you can and, go in depth. Right. And, and that's up to them again. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the, um, what, one thing that you said though, um, you said help you navigate. Now I, I can't, I want to, so that's one piece of advice is to be coachable. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which, which you, that's yeah. why you and I work so mm-hmm. well together is mm-hmm. that, you know, I can come in and, and we can butt heads yeah. and, and yeah. still, um, you know, be great friends yeah. and, and, and coworkers and stuff like that. But, but being able to say, uh, help you navigate certain things. Now, if, if you came to me and said, um, you know, I don't know how to handle, um, Sharon's, you know, mm. moodiness. Mm. We don't have a Sharon. Um, <laughs> I was like, where did she so, get the name from? Yeah. <laughs> All the Sharons out there, I'm not picking on you. But, but uh, now, nothing prohibits me from helping you mm. because that's about you. Yeah. You know? It's got it. And so being able to ask the question in a way like, you don't need to know what's going on with Sharon. You don't need to know that she is struggling to manage bipolar symptoms. Mm. You need to be able to say, you know, I am. But but we automatically say, man, Sharon's moody. Right. You know, no, I am struggling to with reaction. So how can I respond? That makes sense? Yes. So that creates a whole new, because now, but I think a lot of coaches, it's difficult to say, I don't know what to do, or I don't know how to, how to coach this kid because you are under so much pressure to be able to coach everybody right? and, and to also put out this image of, I got that, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so it can be really difficult for some coaches to say, Hey, help me, help Mm. me understand, help me. Um, you know, and, and the other thing is sometimes coaches that, you know, will ask me, how do I deal with this player? And they, I've never seen them. I don't even know the player, but I can help. Yeah. You know, so right. creating so that relationship. So instead of like just coming to you guys when it's an issue because of the kid, mm-hmm. maybe we should want to get coached up by you just in general, you know. Absolutely. And I, I, yeah. I think that that is great. If you have coaches, if you have a certified mental performance coach or a counselor or something, somebody, you know, it doesn't hurt to get ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And um, and know what you're dealing with, and get some tidbits on how to uh, go about it. I know for me, when I'm frustrated because of something, I seek knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because most times I'm frustrated because I don't understand. But a lot of people, when they're frustrated, they seek power. Right. Because they feel helpless. Right. Like you've heard me say, Doc, help me to understand because yes. I'm pissed right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so educate me right. on why I can't know such and such or do such and such. And I think right. if coaches, if we were to take that approach and seek knowledge, because usually once you explain it, I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I may not like it, but at least I understand. Sure. But, I, but I do think that most people go to wanting power yeah. and control yeah. when they don't understand because right. it's a helpless feeling and it's mm-hmm. threatening. And uh, I do want to speak to one yeah. thing that you mentioned. If you have a, if you have a, so there's a difference between a um, licensed mental health professional, like a psychologist okay. or a counsel, uh, LPC counselor, or um, we have a licensed social worker on okay. staff. What's the difference? Um, and a certified mental performance coach. Your certified mental performance coach that does not have the licensure of mental health is not going to understand or be trained in, let me say that right. um, dealing with emotional pieces. Uh, and and the, the individual, they're more on performance, performance. and the team the and, approach. and how to help individuals maximize their athletic performance. Uh, so it's almost like if you're, if you're at a, a school with few resources, you don't have right. 
it would be better to seek out a counselor that was licensed than a certified mental performance coach right. to say, how can I how can I respond better rather than having this reaction? Because they can help you with that right. as opposed to an, an understanding um, mental health issues or just emotions mm. and um, that sort of peace. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because I'm coming from JU. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Doc, we ain't had a licensed sports psychologist certified mental performance <laughs> consultant. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of licensures right, right, right. Uh, that we had there. And yeah. so for the coaches that don't have that, can you give some advice? Um, because let's be honest, everyone doesn't have you. Absolutely. You know? So I think education, there's a lot of ways to get educated. Yeah. There's, well, mental health first aid and um, QPR in some ways, there's a lot of ways to Bring in and do a staff training and understand, yes, understand a little bit more. Like we had mm-hmm. a staff training yep. here. It was geared specifically to suicide prevention, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping to do that every year with different yeah, it was health great. issues. Yeah. And, and so just understanding because um, we are not the experts on our athletes. The right. athletes are the experts on our athletes. Right. So being able to have that reminder that we need to listen more um, and and hear where they're coming from, and and have a framework to put that in with education. You know, sure. that's so that's that's the first piece. I think too. Um, let's say you were in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. There are people um, in in areas. I know that I, for example, Mississippi, pretty rural, yeah. not very populated. Right. I think I'm one of two um, CMPCs in the state. Wow. So I took a trip and. They they just paid um, traveling expenses to go to Millsaps, for example. Ooh. Small school, doesn't have a lot of resources. Right. I spoke with their athletes. Several coaches came. And um, it's just to start that dialogue. Mm. And I helped, uh, I can help uh, look into resources. And also looking at if you're on a campus, for example, college campus, um, which I know there'll be some high school coaches too, but okay, what does your campus offer? Mm. Okay, so is there somebody, and this is something that's very popular actually, is there somebody in the counseling center or in the school office that would be willing to do a little extra training in the specific specific cultural nuances of Mm -hmm. athletics to be able to be culturally competent to um, counsel our athletes and yeah. consult to our staff. And, and, and at the lower levels, we, we raise money for whatever is important to us. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I think that people would get behind yep. uh, something like a fundraiser like that if you're raising yes. to be able to even bring in a couple times a year right? a licensed, certified, you know, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Yes, for sure. Um, and, and coaches, I'm telling you, if you have heard nothing from this, you must you listen to this. You must get ahead of this mental health performance uh, because and and certified counseling and whatnot. And so, you know, start figuring out. Don't say you don't have it in the budget. Fundraise. People will get behind it. Send me your fundraiser. I will support you because I understand how important it is uh, to have someone that is a professional in this area to even help you navigate how to go get through a season with your students. I mean, this is, wow, this is, this, we could talk for two more hours on this. We doc, we may have to bring you well, back for go, part yeah, two. Absolutely. You know. <clears throat> one, one thing I will say is that the stigma around mental health is, uh, with athletes is mm. there's a lot of different efforts going on um, that I won't get into yeah. to try to destigmatize it, but that starts with you. I yeah. know a lot of your players come to me, come to mm-hmm. um, uh, my coworker, mm-hmm. and and also talk to each other and talk to you and your staff yeah. because you guys are open oh, and talk yeah. about it. There's nothing you know. There's it's nothing real. wrong with needing yeah. some help, right? It's and, real. And that has made a huge difference because people who take care of their mental health are better people and better people make better athletes. Right. And coaches, how about you seek out some too? Because, um, and, and because I know I have a life coach, you know, and I have said to Josie, I said, Josie, this may be a rough season. I may have to come lay on your couch, <laughs> you know, 
myself. And I just think it's important because yes. we all are in this society. You know, my parents, my dad's 70-something. He's on social media 24-7. You know, my mom is on social media. We all are affected by this new age, this right. new wave. It's this evolution. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Doug, this is this has been great. I mean, thank you so much. Absolutely, this this is powerful. I hope to my listeners, you guys have gotten uh, a lot from this. Uh, if you have questions, can they, can people find you on social media? Yes, I know you got your personal thing, but do you have like yeah, a yeah, professional? Yeah. Please give um, it to our listeners. Well, I I on Facebook. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think. I don't have Twitter. Yeah. My Instagram is good enough momming. <laughs> <laughs> good enough momming. And yeah. then on, on Facebook, what are you on? It's uh, Rebel Sports Psych. Rebel Sports Psych. Yes. And we're going to get Josie a Twitter. Okay. Because you know what? I think you can change the game. You, you know, you got to get yeah. on Twitter. You're I slacking was, on that. I was on Twitter. And what and happened? Well, I got a. You played some illegal music and they banned you. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened because it's kind of a funny story. Okay. I got a text at like 10:30, 11 o'clock at night for my boss. It was like I had no idea you spoke Farsi, and uh, I was like, "What?" And he's like, "You are putting out some crazy stuff on uh, Twitter," and I looked and it was all like, um, "You got hacked." I got hacked and it was not appropriate oh my god and uh i was like i'm sorry boss that uh i will not post those things again <laughs> no i let him know i didn't <laughs> post those things but uh it was so hard to um disentangle me from that but i tell you what i will i'm just telling you josie I, I mean this look i need you ahead of the I'll game do it too today. Now. <laughs> yeah. you know dr josie boop, boop, boop. Yep, yep. and once once i get it uh i'm gonna retweet it yeah because you guys got to, and then just drop little tidbits. Yep. You know, because yep. you're touching people, and this is your ministry too. Yes, absolutely. So shame on you <laughs> if you're not hitting everybody. Yeah. Doc, thanks so much Thank for you. coming on. Uh, to my listeners and viewers, I hope you got a lot from this. This is probably, this has been my most powerful podcast. I mean, it's my oh, third gosh. one, but it is my most powerful. Third's a charm, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, hopefully that you got something from this and stay tuned to our next podcast and uh, it will be before Christmas. So signing out, Coach Yo, head coach at Ole Miss for Ole Miss women's basketball. No ceilings and hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. <laughs>